Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you are working or not. Today's episode is brought to you by The Anatomy, Anatomy of, of a, a Networking, Networking Conversation. Conversation. It's an ebook, a free resource we've put together for you, so download it at jobseekersradio.com. In today's show, we're talking about how do I know that networking will actually lead to a job? You don't. Thinking about it. There, there are different ways of getting a job, no matter who you are, what kind of job you're looking for. There's always a mix. The, the point we like to make is that networking is more likely to help you than not. A majority of people, at least in our observation, get jobs through networking. If we're thinking, and I'm going to make up the numbers here, if we're thinking maybe 80% get their jobs through networking and 20% don't, well, it's possible that you may be in the 20% who hasn't yet. That doesn't mean networking is not a valuable experience for you that can actually help support your job search in some fashion. So we want to talk today about the different things that could help you in networking that will actually help your job seeking. If you're coming to this podcast, it's likely because you realize that Scott and I consistently evangelize networking. What we're not saying is that applications don't exist or don't work. Or don't matter. What we recognize is that many people come to this podcast because they want to hear the networking side of the story to know, okay, how does this actually work? And how do I know it's working? That's really the foundation of our podcast is to talk about those things. Will you probably still have to do applications even if you're doing the networking? Yes. Yes. There's still a process involved to be hired. And just because you're networking doesn't mean that that process goes away. It might be abbreviated. It might be lengthened. You don't control the process. Exactly. We had a conversation with someone recently who had said, but I've never gotten a job through networking before. And while I have no reason to think that's incorrect, that doesn't have to be completely true to the extent that networking will help you at every step of the process, even when you got an interview simply through a blind application. The networking, the discussions with other people about job seeking, about what's going on in your industry, whatever, all of these things will help you in your job search, regardless of how you landed the interview. My question for that individual, how does he really know that the networking didn't help him get that job? How does he know that somebody he knows wasn't a mutual connection sure. and somebody called that person and gave him an endorsement? Or especially in the now we've got LinkedIn, I can pull somebody up on LinkedIn and see who my mutual connections are, assuming there are some. And then I will have already talked to that person. Hey, do you know so-and-so? Well, right there, that's part of networking. So something is working there. And to your point, I think there's value in questioning not so much whether or not it's working for me, but am I open? Do I, are my eyes open to how networking is affecting me? Because sometimes we think that our own processes are adequate. There's a statistic that we quote often, and it's true across the board, regardless of who's actually doing the research, it's somewhere between 70 and 85% of jobs are filled through networking. And we recognize that, hey, you know, there's certain professions that probably are a little more amenable to networking than others. Yes, as well as positionally. The, The higher the positions, the more networking actually benefits. 
Um, and so that may be another perspective that maybe this individual has worked his way up into leadership positions within a single company. And so the, the visibility to that kind of networking has been different. I think about my brother. Uh, I have an older brother who has received uh, offers or at least requests to apply through networking just because of the nature of his work. And he's very visible within his expertise and so that happens for him sort of by chance. But is it really by chance? And that's kind of the point that I make with others, that this is a process that really goes beyond just our job seeking. That comes back to your statement about keeping your eyes open and your ears open, because you may be so focused on the applications that you don't recognize that there's people around you that um, right. are actually working on your behalf. You just don't see it. Exactly. Um, so that's great observation. One thing we always encourage people to do is be realistic about the conversations that you're having and what you want that to lead to may not be where that conversation goes. Sure. And one specific example I can think of is a, um, a gentleman I met this week. I didn't have any expectation of where that would go. And we had a, a good conversation. We're going back and forth. And, you know, he goes, what can I do for you? And I love that question because it's something like, even though I called the, the meeting, he was really good and open about saying, how can I help you? And that's when I had an opportunity then to know that I was in rapport because I felt comfortable, he felt comfortable, and I just laid it out on the line what I was looking for. But that was not my expectation. When it happens, be prepared that somebody is going to go to that place already. Well, and I also think about that. Even if I have a specific desire for a networking conversation, I want to get something specific out of it. And that may just be finding a, a name or two uh, for people that I should be talking to beyond. One of the things that I do feel strongly about is not pushing that agenda, allowing the networking conversation to go where it will organically, because you never know what you might uncover that way. I think of that in terms of the glass art that I do as a hobby. Some of my best work has actually started with a mistake. And so if, if you take that point of view that a networking conversation may lead me down a path I hadn't planned on, it might actually be better than if I'd gotten what I planned on. Be realistic about the outcome. Right. The outcome could just be a great conversation. Could be. And that's it. The outcome could be an introduction to another person. The next step might be just an endorsement, right? Just somebody right. saying, hey, I endorse you for these skills or I'm going to write you a recommendation on LinkedIn or whatever. But it doesn't always go directly to a job offer, right? No, so, absolutely. So going into a networking interaction and expecting that to go right to a job offer or uh, an invite for interview, even though that could be an outcome. And here we get into whether or not that's realistic. Frankly, I don't think it is. I, I come back to the idea that, and I know I've mentioned this before in prior podcasts, the trust that is developed over time, in other words, more than one conversation, that's generally when people will either come up with the idea or feel comfortable saying, I would like to give you or, or give you the information about this opportunity. And trust is going to be built based on how many times you have shown up. Coming back to the thought of going to the gym. When you go early in the morning the way I do, people don't generally talk early in the morning. They're all waking up. They're in the gym because they want to actually get the benefits of the gym more than the social aspect. That's not always true, but most of the time. And people don't start saying good morning to, to you until 
they've seen you there over and over again, and you have, in a certain way, become a part of their regular life. If only just being seen, but they're much more likely to open up when they've seen you more than once. If you're just having the conversation to to get to know people better and maybe to talk about whatever it is in your industry or your your specific line of work, whatever that is, you're having these conversations, the deeper concepts come up after they've made those connections several times. In those conversations, it's likely you'll have an opportunity to, at minimum, plant some kind of a seed. Mm-hmm that could be harvested later. One of the things I encourage all of my coaching clients to do is always have a branding statement or a way to present yourself that people can remember. And often we rely too heavily on our job title, which doesn't always communicate value. We actually encourage you to put something better together that is over and above what you would call title at company because that isn't always going to translate well. I can't say enough about the idea of personal branding. That will look different for everyone, and I think that's actually the advantage. The idea is it's more than just your job title. It's more than just the work you've done in the past. It really should be speaking to your potential and the direction you want to move. Not uncommon that you'll also walk into these networking situations and people don't know how to handle it. They don't They do not do networking either. Or they don't. So Uh, I had several conversations with clients this week because we set them up for success by giving them best practice and a checklist and things to follow so that they get consistent results in their networking. Well, when they run across somebody who doesn't live to that same standard, they get a little irritated. Well, that it also will put you off off your own process because, hey, I've got a step by step here. How come you're not following it? And you can throw yourself off that way. So being resilient in those moments can be really a, a benefit. And that's not to say that we shouldn't be following processes. Actually, there's always a process. It may look a little different for the various companies you're going for. If you're applying, assuming you're applying to more than one company, they'll have some differences in the process. Being aware of what that process is or finding out more about it will actually benefit you. And we've talked about this a lot in the anatomy of a networking conversation, but it's always good to let people know why you're there in that conversation. Like, yes, I'm looking for work, but... I don't expect you to find me a job. Yes, I'm working on a project. This is what it looks like. I'm just seeking advice, right? Having a purpose for that meeting will actually allow that person to carry those seeds for you effectively. As we talk about have a project you're working on, we highly recommend it's something that relates to the work that you want to continue doing or the work you want to start doing. Because again, we're talking about planting seeds for your potential, for the future that you are envisioning. And the better you can speak to that with a personal branding statement, as well as talking about the projects you're working on, it gives people a more holistic view of what you might be doing or might be able to do. And they will think of that in the future. I I think about a gal who still to this day will contact me saying, hey, I found a job. Would you be interested? Even though we haven't talked about my job seeking in quite a while, she still thinks of me that way. Because you had planted that seed exactly so many years ago, yes. and it's still bearing fruit exactly. for you today. Yeah, and and she's a delightful person. We we actually have gone back and forth on this when I see jobs that she would be interested in. She's actually not looking for full-time work. She wants part-time temporary. So when those positions come up, and specifically in the financial world, yeah, I, I think of her first. Let's not overlook the level of relationship you have with this person. 
meaning the creme de la creme, or I guess the apex of networking would be networking with hiring managers. Networking at that level is different than if you're at a frontline level. The objective might be different. So if I'm networking though with hiring managers, it's a higher probability that's going to lead to something like an interview or an application or a job creation process. If I'm networking with somebody frontline or a peer, they may not be in the position to hire but they certainly can put their thumb on the scale and say, you should look at this person. Yes. So the outcome from that conversation isn't job, it's thumb on scale. And the strength of that relationship, and we talked about trust, is going to be really important. The networking allows you over time to build that trust. Yeah. So that when they do put their thumb on the scale, it matters. You actually bring up another point, Andrew, that I think is also worthy of some discussion. And that is, do I go to the networking events only with higher level positions attending? Or do I attend things, whether it's a a job seekers group of some kind or any of the other job fairs where most of the people that I'd be talking to are entry level. You're actually touching on that. I think both are important, but for different reasons. I don't recommend that anyone pick only those events where the hiring managers are networking amongst themselves. I think you need to balance both out because, Mm -hmm. to your point, there have been times in my career where maybe I wasn't the person that they they would choose. And that might have been, maybe that wasn't the company I wanted, but I could still give them a referral to others that I knew who could do similar work. The fact that I'm networking with the frontline employees actually benefited them as well. What we're advocating here is, yes, you can go to group events and there's value to that. I'm more talking about the one-on-one conversations with people that I know or people I've been introduced to or an individual I reached out to directly on LinkedIn and we get into a conversation and where does it go from there? So not that there isn't value. I look at events more like a top of funnel activity where you're taking the group event to an individual level and then then filtering those people through your process. And I'm on that page. Yeah, it's it's more about the conversations you're having. So don't look at the source of those conversations as specifically an issue. Try to get a balance of the different kinds of positions of the people that you're you're working for because both of them can help. If you do enough of these network meetings, what you'll find is that there is some consistency to them and you'll get into a rhythm and then you'll be more aware when the conversation actually changes. And there's a shift in that conversation from cordial, you know, back and forth banter to, oh, do you have skills doing this or something like that? They start asking you what I would perceive or at least qualify as interview question. From a sales perspective, those are buying cues. In other words, that someone is asking you questions that actually have some depth to them because they're interested in knowing more. There's there's an agenda growing there. And it may never actually grow into a full agenda that I am going to help you get your next job. There's interest there that we we want to respond to. So as that conversation starts to change... Um, and the, those interview questions are coming, I generally try to ask very similar questions for two reasons. First of all, I can get more information about that person, about that person's company and all that. Also, you're showing curiosity in the other person. That is another step of building trust. The more information you gather, the more you know what they're looking for. And even if they are a peer, they may know of an opportunity coming or a need in the organization that they help craft that job statement. They just haven't posted it yet. So there's always a reason that the conversation shifts to that 
interview-like question. Just be aware of it. Be aware of it and take note of it. If you're like me, I forget very quickly. I forget the little things, the details, very, very quickly. I, that's been true of me for as long as I can remember. It's always encouraging to read the stories that say, oh, that means you're particularly intelligent. Keep, Setting that, keep telling yourself yeah, that, Scott. Oh, no, I read this. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was in an article that I read not too long ago, and so, of course, I glommed onto it. Were My you, point did is... Did you write it? No. Okay. My point is that... Because I forget things quickly, I have to write them down as soon as I can. If you're like me, make time to write down your notes. Obviously, you're not going to be taking notes in every conversation you have. Before you forget them, write them down. Because if you go back to that person sometime later and follow up with questions about what you talked about, that sends a very powerful message to that person that you thought enough of them that you remember what they were saying. And if you want to be remembered, do that. It also reminds me, Scott, of the, the conversation you had where you applied for the job. It wasn't a fit. Somebody else got it. They were better qualified. But you kept in touch and another job came open. And then when you went to that interview, and truthfully, I consider every networking interaction an interview. This happened to be an actual interview, but they were well, doing some future yes. some future casting right. during the interview. It was for it, a position that was not yet budgeted. It was budgeted for the following year. When I That kind of stuff happens all the time. Right. right? So if I had not had the conversation, I had actually applied for a position that was an administrative assistant position for which I was terribly overqualified. Could I do the work? Absolutely. And I, I would love, if, if there are any employers listening to us right now, I would encourage you to stop judging whether or not someone is overqualified for a position with the fear that they're going to move, move on or move up. For heaven's sakes, hire them so they can move up in your company. There is great value in bringing people in who are overqualified, and I'm using air quotes, overqualified for a position. But setting that aside, I had applied for this position, and his response to me was, you are overqualified. Why would you want this position? And my response was, and I had done my homework about the company, I want in your company and I will do what it takes to get in your company and move up in it. There is value there. I would much rather hire someone who is going to feel good about my company and maybe even replace me to allow me to move up. There's value in that. In the interview, that's a position creation discussion. Not uncommon that you'll come into an interaction with a hiring manager who hasn't yet had anything posted and they start talking to you and they come to this realization. You have what I need to solve this problem that I didn't realize I had. The, yeah. the networking is really almost like a consultation if you think about it. I think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. So if you start saying, okay, I have this set of skills and I do things in this kind of way and I have this brand... And I'd like to learn more about what you're doing in this area. And they're like, wow, I'd never thought about having anything like that. The last full-time position I was hired into, that is exactly what happened. As we think about this and you realize you do have skills and knowledge and training and all these things that could be helpful. If you're talking about that in the sense of a brand, you're putting yourself out there in a different way from the person who is just trying to interview for a single position. You're actually showing them all of the value, or at least a, a bigger chunk of the value that you're bringing to their table. That allows them to just sort of relax into what could be for the future as they are creating that position. And if you show, one, curiosity for the company itself, also that sense of adventure 
of going along that adventure with them. You're going to go on the journey with them. Now they're having a completely different perspective of you and your candidacy. This is really effective, especially if you have a solid network within an industry. So I was actually coaching a candidate here not too long ago who had some subject matter expertise in a specific category. Let's just call it that. And they reached out to their members of their network and he was really apprehensive about even networking. He didn't want to do it, but he did it anyway. And he reached out to this person that he had established credibility with. And they said, oh, well, we're opening a site. We haven't decided on a location yet. And he went into full court press to have that site open here in Portland versus somewhere else. Because he had done this before with that hiring manager who didn't know he was on the market. Instead of spending his time interviewing for a job that was already posted, he went through the process of creating, establishing, and building a business case with this hiring manager who hadn't offered him anything, by the way. Right. He did all this in advance, and by the time they got it approved, oh, well, who are we going to hire to do this? That is fantastic. And so they just bring him right, fast-tracked him right into the process. Well, here's another idea, that when you're doing your networking, not because you're looking for a job, because you might have something to offer other people that you already know, that situation can come up. And it wouldn't have had he not been doing that with networking. That's a really good case for continuing your networking while you're in your work, while you're in your current job. That was almost accidental. Right. But you're in the right place at the right time. Right. And in this case, he knew how to solve a very specific problem that they were having. And that was establishing a new site for a call center. And he thought he pitched this area as the best area to put it. That's fantastic. Yeah. So what I took away from that is if you can position yourself as a solution to a very specific problem that you enjoy solving then people will say that, wow, I have that problem too. And then the conversation is much easier when you start thinking about, okay, what about the interview? What about an application? You know, so then I go through the mechanics of a process knowing that I'm not the compliance candidate, if you know what I mean. It also puts you in a different mind. You're much more confident going through that process because you've gotten there in a different way. Talk about self-confidence. We talk all the time with people who have been out of work for a while, and self-confidence is the first casualty in long-term unemployment. And long-term is in quotes as well, because it's different for everybody. That is going to completely change how things go during the process part. It could also be that just by you doing that conversation, you just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Exactly. Where someone has had a situation. Let's just call it a situation. And that could be uh, somebody quit. Somebody or re- they retired. Retired, got fired, promoted, transferred, medical leave, whatever that looks like. And they need someone stat, like yesterday. But you showed up today because it just happened today. Yeah. If you don't show up, that won't happen for you. Yeah. <laughs> right? You got to show up. You got to be in out there networking and showing up so that they will think of you. You'll be in the right place at the right time. But if, if you don't leave your home and you're only putting out online applications, it won't happen for you. So this is how we know networking is actually working. Yes. Is if you do enough of it, you're you eventually see going to be in the right place at the right time where one of these things happens yeah. and you're immediately kind of fast-tracked into the process. Agreed. Because I'm now having an interview conversation, a screening interview, with a hiring person. And I think about an experience that I had where I was talking with a colleague about the topic at hand, doing training. I, I was conducting styles preference training where we were discussing how you can read other people's styles and all this. And the manager of this group offhandedly commented, oh, you should apply for this open position in her division. And... 
it's like, oh, well, you know, I don't have any experience in your division. And, and I just sort of laughed it out. But she followed up with me later to say, no, you really need to apply for this position. That was a really interesting conversation. And it wasn't even talking about my interest in moving into a different position. It was only because we were having one-on-one -on -one interaction. If you're out there and having these conversations, you're much more likely to run into those opportunities because you happen to be there. Granted, there are some people who are just more introverted, and this is going to be a much greater effort for them. I acknowledge that. But I would also challenge you, if you're one of those, don't let it keep you from getting out there and networking. Figure out a way, whether that's bringing somebody with you as a support mechanism or whatever. you got to be out there. I'm an introvert, so I... I have to work at doing this stuff. It's exhausting for me. So if you want to hear the, you know, recovering introvert, <laughs> you, you reach out to me. <laughs> you know, our, our emails and contact information are all over the yeah. podcast. But, but I'd like to ask you a question about that situation you just described. Uh -huh. How would you rate or at least evaluate the strength of your your relationship with that person that recommended oh. you? Was it a first contact, a second contact, or...? Um, it was probably a third contact. I actually knew this individual through other training opportunities, or we were acquainted, but we weren't close. It's not like we had a daily conversation. Or worked a project. But that was it. Start to finish. I got involved in working with her because of the training that I was providing. But then she asked me to accompany her to some of her locations that she supervised to discuss how we keep that training that we had gone through alive with her direct reports. And it was in one of those conversations, those times where we would go out in the field and, and visit her locations, that this conversation really began. Not only had we established a working relationship before, that relationship got much deeper and much more trusting because of that conversation that happened. And then she became something of an internal advocate for me with her boss. She put me in touch with her boss to explore the possibilities. It changed the way I approached the conversations because she was asking me to. I was far more confident in the conversation than if I had been feeling desperate about it. So again, when we talk to people who have been unemployed for a long period, we talk to them about their feelings of desperation. If networking builds your confidence, why wouldn't you? Oh, I would. Yeah. I, and so, I do. That's, the, that's actually one of the only reasons I do it as an introvert is so that I know, because I know it works. And then when I do it, I feel better yes. afterwards, even though it takes a lot of energy. Right. Because now I feel like I have traction. I've had a conversation with a person and I feel human. Coming back to the initial question of how do you know that networking leads to a job? I guess my first idea here is have those realistic expectations of what networking is doing in this moment. If I go into a networking conversation thinking that I'm, I want my next interview to come from this conversation, I'm probably overshooting it. I don't think that's a realistic expectation. Instead, if I go into that networking conversation to learn something about the other person or to learn something about a new perspective on the kind of work that I do, that's going to be far more valuable because it's more attainable. And when I attain that, I'm going to feel good about it. If I, instead I walk into a networking conversation thinking I want my next interview to come from this and I don't get it, then I'm going to start reinforcing the idea that, oh, networking doesn't work. When in fact, I haven't been realistic in the first place. Not uncommon, also kind of a corollary to this right place, right time kind of thing. 
is that you'll get in a great conversation, you'll have a good back and forth with somebody, and they'll say, I don't do that, but they do. And that's an opportunity for you to get referred into another portion of that organization yeah. because that's who they work with and that's who they would do that kind right. of thing. Right. And, and that's a logical um, reason to actually be doing the networking is that you run into people or, you know, maybe you compile a list of people. I even think about this that, that are just really strong referrers. They, oh, they, good. they just have no problem yeah. referring you to people. You Maybe have to get to podcast. know them before they're going to think of you in those terms. So you you got to keep showing up. And in my mind, when I go to a networking interaction, I assume it's an interview. Because everything I'm doing is recognized and observed by the other person. The other advantage of that, assuming you do get an interview, you're going to be the, showing up as the same person. In the HR world, I, I hear it all the time. And, oh, well, that person interviewed well, as if they were a different person during the interview than during the other conversations. Networking actually helps to present you as you are. So if you are approaching this as an interview, I would say be authentic. Don't think, oh, well, this is an interview, so, so I'm going to be different from the my normal. I would say, no, be be you. You be you. Don't don't try and change your personality or or your your motivations. Just be authentic. But as you get in there, you're treating this like an interview. You're being very comfortable and very authentic. Then when you do progress to the interview, you haven't changed. You're showing them a consistent idea and they will continue to trust you. And don't get out over your skis, as people say. <laughs> Often I get into these conversations and it's like, oh, this isn't this isn't good. This is not going anywhere. And then it ends up going somewhere. Don't evaluate or analyze or judge that conversation until after it's over. Great advice. So come in with your mind right and focused on the conversation yeah. and contributing and planting the seeds. And then when you're gone from that place, then evaluate sure. how it went. That's also going to help you keep from looking like you have a specific agenda for that conversation. If it's networking and you're saying you're curious about that person... And yet you're judging it as you go. You're actually setting yourself up for failure. We're trying to keep our mindset straight. That if I come into the mindset, hey, I want a job. This guy's going to give me a job. Job, job, job. Got to have my resume ready. While I, I can't completely discount that idea, in certain specific situations, that may be effective. But in my work and my networking, that generally puts people off more than it gets the job. So I really do think that if you go into a networking opportunity, whether it's in one-on-one -on -one conversation, event, or anything else, go in with the idea that you're going to have an enjoyable time. You're going to be open to the possibilities that show up for you in that moment. You're not judging it as you go, but you want to plant those seeds. You want to do the things that help people understand who you are and what you offer. You're probably going to have a better time. And as you evaluate it afterwards, you will see the progress over time. That's how we answer the question. Do I know that job seeking will lead to a job? You'll see how it ties together, but you have to pay attention. That's why we have created a free resource for you so that you can optimize your networking conversations for optimal value. What would that be? It's called the anatomy of a networking conversation. Wow, where can I find that? That's on jobseekersradio.com along with the show notes at jobseekersradio.com forward slash 067. 
We want to thank you for this time with us today. Uh, we we know it's a, an investment of time, and this episode has gone a little longer. And we we really appreciate the fact that you're here with us and that you're you're on this journey with us. We want to encourage you if you haven't uh, already done so to go over to iTunes and subscribe to get future episodes. You can also listen to some of our past episodes. Binge listen, absolutely. Download them all. We like binging. <laughs> Not that way, those guys. We'll see. Well, this is Andrew. And I'm Scott. In the words of T.S. Eliot, what we call the beginning is often the end. And to make an end is to make a beginning. The end is where we start from. Love that. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.